Howdy, y'all! Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast. I'm glad you're here. You made it! Congratulations. This week's a good one. I talked to Shane Hunter. Shane Hunter is a gaffer. A gaffer is the guy who leads the team that does the lighting thing and the TV shows and the movies and the commercials. Shane is part of this new wave of artists and technicians that are just within the last couple of years finding some footing and some success in the film and television industry here lately in Knoxville. And uh, he's helping us all elevate our game. They all are. This whole wave of super talented people like Shane. I thought this industry was just going to die out the second we got old. But no, there's there's people coming up right behind us doing it. And Shane is a super talented guy. And I'm very lucky to uh, get to work with him every now and then. And uh, even luckier that he came over to the shop to uh, have a chat with me. That's coming up in just a second. Uh, Shane and I, uh, on our chat, we dug into some little-known facts about uh, the mountain biking surge, too, here in South Knoxville that's driving a lot of the growth around here. It's cool. It was good to be able to ask some of those questions that I was curious about. You always you see so many people with bikes on the back of their cars around here, and you wonder where they're going, where they've been, what are they doing. Shane's got a lot of insight there. It's cool to hear about the infrastructure around here that has just recently popped up for for that kind of thing. Shane's the man to ask about that stuff. I also want to uh, take this opportunity to thank the folks on our Patreon, the patrons who help support this podcast. It's a small but mighty group of listeners who make this podcast possible. And uh, if you appreciate what I'm doing here with SOS and you want to become one of those patrons, check it out. We'd love to have you. Patreon.com slash South of Scruffy. There are a few different ways you can support us there, so check them all out. See if any of them work for you. We'd appreciate it so much. Thank you guys for real. All right, so let's get into my chat with the great man, Shane Hunter. We're doing the podcast. Dude, you want to do this thing? Let's do it. You're the second gaffer that's been here. Shit, who's the first? Durfee. Oh, cool. Well, I don't know if I'll live up to that. Yeah, you will. <laughs> you will. Dude, he was good, guy. though. I, I know. I love him, too. Um, have you guys worked together at all? Uh, no, I don't think I've ever worked on set. We've definitely had, like, several um, several beverages together and uh, maybe a dinner. But uh love that guy yeah. a lot. You guys, you guys should work together, figure out a way to do it. I guess it's hard because you don't it's need tough. two gaffers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes... Sometimes you need like a gaffer and a best boy or like yeah. a gaffer and, um, you know, an electric or something like that. But you guys would be unstoppable together. I mean, I would hope so. He's he, like, he's nice enough. I would love to be on that team. You know? I know, I know he's good too. I'm working with him this week actually. And we've, everything's beautiful. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's so good at his job. Your stuff is beautiful too, man. I got to work with you a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, man. Everything looked awesome. Appreciate it, man. And it's- you're easy and good to work with too, which is, I think- more important than how good this stuff looks sometimes oh dude potentially the most important part of production is just being nice to everybody and like just being cool i don't know just like being nice to people on set being a decent person yeah and uh yes goes a long way too nobody likes to hear no (laughs) totally yeah i mean not naming any names or anything but i've definitely heard a lot of like 
dumb ideas on set and it's like yeah, yeah sure i'll try it whatever yeah, yeah. cool let's go like yeah. let's have fun yeah, play with it exactly yeah. i don't want to crush your dreams right here yeah dude i'm not gonna tell you absolutely no on something are yeah. you kidding me how'd you get how'd you get started gaffing and dude. like how come i hadn't how come i hadn't worked with you until this year well number one i'm relatively new ish to like the production world um i mean you've been in for how long i started uh, in like 2004 at working as crew. Oh, wow. Okay. At, at yeah. a production company in LA, but before, but I was on set as a kid cause I was an actor. So I was on, I was oh. on film sets all the time when I was a kid. And then, uh, I knew there was something about you. Yeah. No weird. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then when I moved to LA, the acting thing was slow. And so I got a job at a production company thinking I could sneak in through the back door. So I'm, I'm almost 20 years in. Yeah. But you started all for acting. Yeah, that's the reason I got into it. Crazy to begin with. I'll have yeah. to hear that story. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, but uh, no, so I'm relatively it, new. Yeah, relatively short short time. Yeah, it's uh, I I took a weird path to get here. Honestly, um, I started my like getting my toe uh in production just in college. Like I went to Pilsibi in okay. their video production technologies yeah, yeah. program. Yeah. But um, I like. I, you know, I liked it then. It was fine. Like we were shooting on HDV tapes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, which I was not a massive fan of because I'm not like one to sit in front of a computer and try to like log dig a bunch of tape after yeah. I've shot stuff. Like right. I want to like shoot something and be done with it. I gotcha. And so it's um, I like left. I quit school and was just like, this is not for me. Um, were you and- turned off to the industry altogether, or did you just not think that like sitting in front of a computer was was the plan for you? Well, it's definitely not sitting in front of a computer because I would go insane. Right. Like, there's no way I would be able to sit in an edit suite or an office or something all day in yeah. front of a computer and not lose my mind. Yeah, there's it's just not going to happen. But did you did you think you were going to do something else at that time? Did oh you... well, I mean, I was doing something else at that time. Okay, I Bikes? was no, I wish yeah. I would have probably been much happier yeah. and maybe actually not have made it into production if I had like been wrenching on bikes and, uh, and working at a bike yeah. shop. Cause we got to talk about that. That's a big part of what you do too. We'll talk about it. Yeah. 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 But what, but yeah. So, so what, what was it that you were doing when you quit Pellissippi? Yeah. So I was in retail management of all things. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What was it? PacSun? Yeah. I worked at PacSun for a number of years. Um, that was probably the longest stint that I did at any like retail store ended yeah. up running like pretty much every store in Knoxville at some point. <laughs> um, yeah. Being a retail store manager is really hard. Is it not? I don't know a lot about retail, but it's its own industry and people seem to get into it and stick with it because it's its own animal. Well, because they pay you just enough to like pretend that you're not having a really bad time. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And like overwork you. So you don't really have like, that was the thing is like, I, I went from, you know, like being an assistant store manager to, to being a store manager and went from working, I don't know, 40 hour weeks and getting paid an hourly rate to like all of a sudden being on a salary and things just kind of like working a 60 hour week. Yeah. It's like, oh, well we really need this done this week and we're not going to give you any extra payroll hours to do it. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Somebody's got to do yeah, it. Yeah. Like it's got to get done. Also, you have a corporate visit next week, so it better be done by the time that those yeah. people show up or else they're going to be really angry. Yeah. That seems hard. It's, it's, I mean, it's not hard in like a, it takes a lot of brain power or hard in that. Like it is a like 
um, non climbable mountain, but yeah. it's like a, uh, it's definitely a frustrating experience too. Cause it's, you're not like just connecting with people yeah. all the time. You're like having to deal with all the like bureaucracy behind the scenes. Yeah. You know? How old are you when you're doing this? Oh man, I got started when I was uh, like 19 in really? store management. And uh, did you go straight to the management stuff? When, or did you have to work as like work on the floor with dude. the headset and the microphone <laughs> for a little while before you got into the? Yeah, somehow I did not escape that part of uh, being at work having oh, really? a headset on all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of my least favorite things about being in retail, and continues and, to be yeah. one of my least favorite things about being in production. But I, know, I was gonna say you still got the headset on. Oh, dude, yeah. It's like the one thing I can't escape. Yeah, the radio. You got to be available, man. Those Motorola's, man. They have a, like a a. They're just like locked into the um to the radio market, dude. Oh, they got you. <laughs> they dude. was Motorola when I was in retail. Too. No, they only they make the best ones. I mean, have you ever used an RCA walkie-talkie? They're no, awful. I haven't. Just they're awful. They're terrible. <laughs> they're they're broken when you get them. Actually, I have. When I was like a kid, and you couldn't talk to your buddy like across the street. <laughs> yeah, you, you went to Radio Shack and, yeah. and got a couple. So so then did did you go straight from from retail into the production world? Uh, yeah, actually. I mean, I worked in retail and then kind of like weaned myself off and worked at a number of places, uh, like some mall stuff. So PacSun, American Eagle. Oh yeah. Um, try to get a job at the Apple store like three times and they what were happened? like, nah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Dude, you, you strike me as the perfect Apple store employee. I apparently not, man. But you've got know. like a bunch of tech knowledge. I would think that would that would work they don't like that there ah yeah yeah it's you know they want to like they want They've you to, to unteach like, you some shit before they uh exactly yeah they, if you don't know anything then you can't be indoctrinated yeah or then, you, like, then you can be indoctrinated yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah you can yeah. become part of the cult yeah are you sure you don't want to buy the next iphone <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so worked at a number of mall mall places and then uh ended up at urban outfitters and uh I actually like that the most because I was like downtown. It was fun. Oh, so you've been there uh, since they've been in downtown Knoxville. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you I know s- Kelly Walker? No, I don't no. think so. Oh, okay, yeah. he works for Altered State now, but he was a buyer for uh, Urban Outfitters for a long time. Oh, really? Like and up lived, in Philly? Yeah, he lived in Philly. Gotcha. And then they moved down here. Uh, he, st- he was the buyer for Altered State. Oh, you know right that place? On, yeah, I know Altered State. Yeah. It's like a like homegrown retail store there in yeah. Maryville or something. Yeah, they are in the old Ruby Tuesday. Whoa, okay. Uh, headquarters. That's a twist. Well, dude, they they opened store number one at Turkey Creek like ten or twelve years ago, maybe more or less, somewhere around there, and then uh, just started opening store. They 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 made it repeatable, and then no. rubber stamped it all over the country, and then you know thirty, forty stores, fifty stores, and then now I'm in Austin, Texas, at some mall, and I see an altered state, and number one was at Turkey Creek, but they uh they got big, they got all the, over the place. They got the head buyer from urban outfitters huh you know well i guess they're doing, doing something right i would i would say so yeah they took the the juju from urban and brought it over to altered state they did and their whole deal is like uh they started with a really um like christian bent yeah um, yeah that's where the altar comes from right oh and yeah i guess it is spelled that way right yeah so it was it was like a uh it was, I think I want to say that when they opened the Turkey Creek store, there was even a coffee shop element to it. So oh, that would make that store so much cooler. Yeah. I, I think there was a coffee shop in it and, and it was more like a, it almost reminded you a little bit of like a Christian bookstore deal, <laughs> but, but their whole deal is like, is like, you don't have to dress slutty to look fashionable, you know? So all their clothes are like modest and all their, all their stuff is, 
you know, it's it's not, you know, tank tops and belly shirts. It's like fashion, high fashion or fashionable still? stuff. Still to oh, the day. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like they still have that. They, they still have that going. And and somebody told me they were the, uh, at one time, they were like the number one retailer of Tom's shoes. Oh, that makes a lot America. of sense. America. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. In America. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. For like a Southeast yeah. chain. Of- but now it's national. It's huge. And they're in the Ruby Tuesday building yeah. in Maryville. Shout out. Can't have money. I will say their their stores are beautiful though. Yeah. Like my, the, my buddy was dude. built all of them. My, one of my buddies uh was their construction manager, might still be, I'm not sure. But he uh he built every every one of the stores. He was always traveling, going around the country and and, and building these stores, and they're absolutely beautiful. Yeah. They're dude, they're breathtaking. The one the, yeah. the one in Westtown is insane. Really? It looks like a yeah, the front looks like a forest. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's what it takes, dude. That, that little bit of extra. A little bit of something special. Get people yeah. in the door. It's like juxtaposed across from the Apple store. This I don't normally go to the mall. I had to go there to get my iPhone fixed like yeah. a month ago or something. But walked in and took a right to go to the Apple store and there's this like forest across the street from this like glass block of nothingness <laughs> that's just like this infinite abyss yeah. of white. Yeah, like, that is the Apple store. Yeah, it's the total opposite across yeah. the across the hallway. Maybe they were going for that. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. it was like somehow West Ham Mall plans on having like this earth and abyss yeah. <laughs> across the hallway from each other. Yeah, choose your adventure. Mm-hmm. So, so... When is it then? Because I, when I first worked with you, I, I, I'd been hearing your name rumblings for a little while and all good stuff. And then you show up and I'm like, well, he knows his shit. where did he go? How did he, how did he learn all that without, Dude, without getting on the radar? You infinite know? curiosity. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a uh, definitely from the, from the get go. I have nothing but love for Adam Chapman. He like got me on set. Oh, that's uh, right. I, yeah. We got to get him on here sometime. Dude, he would be such yeah. a good one to have on here yeah. for sure. So he's a DP mm-hmm. and, yeah. and a damn good one. Very good DP. Very uh, exacting and like knows what he wants and like is always really prepared. Um, yeah. Which is the best thing that I could hope for in yeah. my position too. So like I started off with uh, with the greatest, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I hope I'm not telling tales out of school, but my man Cody Walters was like, Dude, I worked with Adam Chapman the other day. I did camera prep with Adam Chapman, and uh, and man, he came in and and he put all the lenses on the camera. He set them all at different focal lengths and was taking notes for like like the focus fall off and mm-hmm. like the the bokeh characteristics for each lens. Oh, man. And just like you know, building the building a spreadsheet in a moleskin. You know, yeah, little, that's the biggest no. Adam Chapman move I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Cody was like, I gotta up my game, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this man's got my number. Oh man. Dude, uh, but, Cody's a damn good DP too, though. Cody's great DP. Yeah. He's DP in this commercial I'm working on now. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah. Miss that guy. I bet yeah. you guys miss him over there too. Yeah, we yeah. do, man. But we still get to work with him. So, yeah, it's great. So it's good. He just he just got a lot going on at home, dude. Yeah, bunch no of doubt. kids, bunch of kids, <laughs> dude, bunch of kids. So uh, so did did Adam did Adam teach you a lot of what you know then? Yeah. So um, Adam. Uh, I met him through Tyler Oxendine. So yeah, I, I don't know that guy, but I've heard his name for years too. Very cool. Yeah. Also a great podcast host because okay. his his journey is. Uh, we actually a host. He's got a he's got or a not po- podcast host. I'm sorry, guest. Oh, okay, cool. You're the host. Ah. <laughs> uh, no, but I actually I've known that guy forever. So uh, you guys were so between him between Tyler Oxendine and Adam Chapman, you're you're figuring out how to 
how to gaff. Yeah, man. Uh, so my, yeah, I started in production, I guess maybe five, six years ago now, uh, started out just like helping Tyler with, uh, with like random stuff. Um, he did a lot of like UT like uh, stuff, so I would just go yeah. PA for him. Okay, nice. Uh, drive a Gator around campus with a, <laughs> with a bunch of stuff. gear in the back of it. Yeah, with like his red and his Movi Pro. Yeah, on the back of it, like while he's trying to get shots, just, like yeah. driving down Nayland in a Gator and whatnot. Yeah, with Damien somehow following us and with his drone. Damien Young, man, <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, I met Adam through through Tyler, and Adam asked me to um, to DP this short film that uh, Nick Crockett was working on okay. up in Morristown, I think. Yeah, it was Morristown. He asked you to DP it? No, he asked me to gaff it. And Adam was DPing Adam it? Adam was DPing. Okay. Um, Nick was directing. It was for the, the Tennessee 10. And I guess they- Is that a film festival? Film festival here yeah. in Knoxville. Yeah, cool. it's like part of the Knoxville Film Festival, I think. Mm. Eddie would be a, a better person to ask about that. I am not involved. There's something to know about me. I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. Like- <laughs> I am so tuned out on pop culture. Well, that's crazy to me because it, it seems like your eye is right. It seems like you watch the right stuff. Yeah, because but light you, doesn't change. No. That's it's, the fun part. Yeah, it, I, I feel you. But what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean by that? I, I agree 100%. But what do you how, – how do you mean? Well, it's like what looks good doesn't change. You know, it's like if you, if you look back at uh, – I mean Rembrandt, you know, he had it nailed. Yeah. There's a reason we still use like a Rembrandt key to this day. Like Oh, a color checker? No, no, Rembrandt, like a Rembrandt lighting. You know the triangle under somebody's oh, like yeah. under oh, somebody's yeah, yeah. eye? Oh, That's yeah. like he's yeah. a painter. He invented that. Yeah. And it's like he just I, did that. I in didn't his know brain. it was called the Rembrandt key. I thought I've heard it called the Rembrandt patch. I didn't know it was the Rembrandt key. Well, I just call it that because it's like you're you're setting it up to like make it look like a Rembrandt painting. So yeah. it's like you're keying with like a his brain like he he put that light there in his brain and it's like yeah. looked good since then so <laughs> yeah yeah so is your style like do you look at do you look at that kind of stuff for for inspiration i mean that was hundreds of years ago right yeah 1500s or i mean to an extent but i also i mean i look at like what every like i just look around all the time you know it's like i just look around at natural light as to like what it's doing if i'm sitting there in a coffee shop or something like it's coming through the window and like i look at that and i think about how i can like replicate it slash like well number one think about whether it looks good or not like right you know it's you everybody has like an innate like oh this looks good this doesn't look good right you know and it's like most people's are somewhat similar regardless mm-hmm. of like what's popular at the time yeah there's there's some subjectivity involved but yeah. but mostly most people have taste yes. is like what yeah, i'm getting at yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. like so if you look at something and you're like oh i like that there's a chance that somebody else is gonna like the way that looks too yeah and i don't know i just sit there and like ponder how to like replicate that with light that yeah. i can control well and that's what's so funny is is um I don't know. You you get pushed back on budgets from you know clients or whatever, and they're like, "Well, you know, we really this is a really big lighting budget. We don't really want it to look lit." And you're like, "Well, that's more expensive than yeah. <laughs> that's the expensive part Dude. about it is for it to not look lit." <laughs> you have no idea, man. The number of times that I've heard like just on set passively, uh, creative directors talking to the DP, it's like, "Well, I just you know I want it to look natural." 
And it's like <laughs> that's yeah, what we're all going for. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Got, I'm I'm there with you. Like, what are we talking? Like three p.m. Like uh, six thirty. Yeah. Like, what are we like? Yeah. What are we talking about? Natural. Like, you went out to dinner with your buddy and like watch the sunset or natural like i'm sitting at a coffee shop at 1 p.m and right just watching but that's what's <laughs> fascinating is that you know ultimately what you do doesn't want to be noticed mm-hmm. you don't you don't want people to you don't want people to to notice what you do you just want it to look right for what it is and so you're creating i don't know i think i, I dev I, in my mind a DP's job is is maybe the most important job on set, and the gaffer is they're going to live or die by how good their gaffer is. Because the second you see something with your eyeball, the frame that you see first is going to be your first impression, and 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 if it and if it looks wrong, you're out. You know mm-hmm. that's going to be your that's going to be your you're out you're out of the performance you're out of you, you know the content you're out of the delivery whatever the actor's saying like you're out the set if you look at it and it and it looks wrong it doesn't look what like what it's supposed to look like and that's what I think is so magic about good gaffers like yourself is that you can create these is is that you can you can trick people yeah man that's what's <laughs> fun about my job yeah. like I love I love it when somebody. I posted a picture the other day on my Instagram of of like this scene that I was uh, I was working on with Cody actually on a music video for the Frame Theory. Yeah, great guys too. Hayes um, Carl, right? Yeah, it was a Hayes Carl music video. Yeah, which again back to the like no pop culture. I have no idea who Hayes Carl is. It dude, he's <gasps> badass. Really? Yes. Country. Country. Singer? Yes. Okay. Like super. Uh, he's a household name in Texas. Oh, okay. But like around America, like if he's an if you know you know kind of guy, and he's a journeyman too. He's been doing it forever, and you can just tell by looking at him, he's been doing it forever. Can't he was you? super nice. Was he? Yeah, but yeah. I didn't stay around and like listen to the performance or anything. But uh, yeah, I posted a picture on my Instagram and uh, had a bunch of people who were like, "Oh my gosh, that's like that's beautiful." Did you did you like take that? And then I, if you swiped on the carousel, I had like the lighting set up next to really? it. Really? And uh, yeah, one of one of my friends in Atlanta was like, "Dude, no way!" That was like, <laughs> like that's it was crazy. beautiful. Cody showed me a screenshot of it, and it looked beautiful. That's what's fun though. It's like making making stuff look pretty, but also making it look not lit. Yeah. You know, it didn't look lit. It looked like the window was the only thing doing anything in the shot that I saw, but that's not the case after I dug into it and started to look around. It's just fun, man. I like it. Yeah. It's cool. It's the best job in the world, (laughs) to be honest. How'd you pick it up so quick though? Like you, you seem really seasoned to me when I, when I work with you and I guess you said curiosity, but like still you have the, you, you have a ton of knowledge that is not just like, you can't YouTube that shit. Like you, you obviously you know, have been working at it for seemingly a lot longer than five years, but I mean, yeah, to an extent, I mean, it, it, I picked up my, I started off in photography. So like I picked up a camera when I was a lot younger and like started, you know, pointing at it stuff. It was my mom's, uh, film camera actually. And I didn't, I was like, I don't know, 13 or 14 at the time Mm. and, uh, didn't really, uh, couldn't afford film. So I didn't really actually take pictures just yeah. kind of like uh pointed at stuff but that's when i started like kind of messing around with cameras and stuff and like thinking about it in that way but um going to Mississippi honestly it was like a, a a pretty cool experience and uh got to learn a lot there do you know bob hassentuffel 
I know the name. Yeah. He's a still photographer, right? No, he, no? uh, yeah, he was a video guy. I'm pretty sure uh, he worked at, uh, HGTV and like freelance around town cool. and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember I tried, somebody tried to hire me on one of his jobs one time and it was a long time ago, but I remember the name of course. Yeah. Can't forget that one. Yeah. Hassan Tuffle is kind of a hard name to forget. <laughs> yeah. But he, he taught was, you a lot. Well, yeah, he, that was like the one class at Pilisipi that I really got a lot from, uh, that I still even use to this day. Um, he was my like lighting for lighting for TV and film professor. Okay. Um, so he taught, he like took us into the studio and totally turned all the house lights off and then struck up like a lol riffa. What's <laughs> like that? A, a lol riffa. It's like a tiny, like 150 watt, um, tungsten light. Yeah. It's just like a little pepper light, but he had it in a softbox. Okay. Like you, the, the lols, they had these riffa lights and it was just like a, it was a light built into an umbrella, basically. Mm. Um, people still use them on set all the time. Just really? Like a nice, a little like, special? Yeah, a little special, like, soft source. It's, it's actually pretty nice. And it's tungsten, so, like... And so he struck good. one up and said, here's what this is doing. Look. Exactly, like, and pointed a camera at a subject and, like, walked it around the subject. And at that moment, it, like, hit me. And I was like, oh, shit. You can, like, make stuff feel different just by the way you point that light at it like that's cool yeah it's like it's the graphing of photons of light right yeah it's right there in the name photography it's so cool yeah (laughs) and like like, we we overlooked it for so long and then you realize that you're really with with any kind of sensor any kind of film all you're doing is capturing the light that's it yeah light controls the entire experience yeah yeah photography is nothing without light it's true i mean it's yeah totally nothing without light and you know like apple and and uh google and stuff they're like all like touting all these like super low light capabilities and stuff like that all those pictures are gonna look like shit you know what i mean like it's with the absence of light you cannot make a good image it's just impossible yeah text not there yet pixels can't pixels aren't (laughs) sensitive enough to just pick up um you know one match yeah sitting in the corner of a room yet that was uh yeah dude yeah but um man yeah photons pretty sweet and you can think like photons too that's the fun part i feel like that's your job yeah no totally i just like think about where the light is coming from but then also to be able to use tools use your hands use all all kinds of different instruments whether that's a light whether that's a light stand whether Mm -hmm. that's something that's modifying the light and, and diffusing it whether it's blocking it in a certain shape like that is also very much a that's a different thing. That's not a brain thing. And it's, it becomes like a tech thing at some point or, you know, more of an engineering kind of mindset. So there's both sides of the brain that seem to be working as I think both a gaffer more than just about anybody. Like you have to have an art side to what you're doing. You have to have a good eye, but then you also need to be able to engineer it and use your tools and put together a plan and uh, put together the instruments in such a way that create the thing that your brain wanted to see. And you also, by the way, have to make it safe so it doesn't fall on an actor's head and kill him too. So there's like, there's a, it, it's, it's a right brain, left brain thing that is there's, that's why, that's why there's so few people who are really good at it. I feel like, but that's why it's so fun. Yeah. Because you get to like, think about the, the idea of something and then like go and make it happen. But, and that's why, that's why it's like, an adventure too because you can do it in so many different ways yeah like there's so many different tools you can use and especially like 
I don't know, having my own van is, is really nice because I get to kind of like experiment with stuff yeah, and play around. So, Well, when did you buy your first stuff and start building out a, a you know, a, a van full of lights and stands and, and other grippage to make this vision play out? When did you get serious about it? That was a uh, beginning of 2019. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. Dang, dude. Yeah. So you were working with other people's gear, grip trucks and, and, and all that beforehand. Yeah. Mostly, um, do you know, uh, Joe, Joe photo? I forget his last name. He's a still photographer. Don't hate me, Joe. Uh, um, no. he had a trailer and he let Adam and I borrow it for this, like, uh, for this short film thing that we shot with Nick Crockett. And I started playing around with his stuff and it had, you know, a 2k and, um, maybe a couple led panels and, and some stuff like that. And that was like, uh, you know, I, I got an opportunity to, to like play around with the big boy stuff. Gotcha. And, uh, that's when I started to like really think about it seriously. And I guess that was kind of in the beginning of 2018 or wow, dude, you got serious about it quick, man. That's, dude, if I like something and I know I'm going to like it, it's, it's like, I just dive, I dive in. It's wow. the same thing with mountain biking to you. Yeah. Um, I just like get into it. And that's the, what you said earlier about it, not being able to like look it up on YouTube. You, Fucking can. Can <laughs> Yeah. I mean, to an extent, like nobody's showing you how to use an M18 or like, uh, or, a or a 4k or strike up like a silver yeah. bullet or something like that like a off big, of a big diesel instrument. Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, if I'm on a job where I'm gaffing and I'm doing something like to that scale, I'm not plugging that light in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, I'm working with the DP and thinking about how, uh, how to position things. And then like, there's a team of people that are plugging stuff in and like, yeah. putting stands where they need to be yeah. and like driving lifts and stuff. So right. it's, um, it's a, you know, on bigger things, you can definitely get away with like not, um, not having the hands on experience with right. doing that stuff, just the like theoretical right. part of it. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, dude, you can YouTube a lot of stuff yeah. <laughs> these days. Well, it seems like you've built out a nice, nice rig yeah. to, to be able to take around and shoot just about anything to it's up to sick, a certain man. size. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, I, I know my niche and like know what I'm good for. And that's the, that's what I like about it so much. And what I like about where the like industry is right now. Cause it's like, you can go and, and shoot something really good for not a crazy amount of money, uh, on the genie package and like a couple of guys and make it look super good. Yeah. Um, Adam Chapman told me one time, um, that, you know, tights, you know, tight shots, close ups, and all that. It, you know, with 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 the right gear and not even a ton of gear, you can make them look really good. Mm-hmm. It's the wides when there's a big wide yep. that stuff can start to look like a local commercial if you oh, don't yeah. really have the right people, the right gear, big, you know, big stuff. Yeah, that's the that's the hurdle, man. The big wides, you know, when you need to when you can see a whole room. Or the street or yeah. like whatever it might be. And there's some yeah. tricks, you know, like shoot at night. Like yeah. you can, you know, street lights are your friend. But it's uh yeah, when you start getting into like movies that you're trying to shoot outdoors at like during the day and stuff like that and start <laughs> start to get big wides. It's you know, with the with my truck it starts to get a bit of a challenge. Yeah. But I gotcha. I know the limitations, which yeah. is nice. Well you grew up in Knoxville too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Man, uh I grew up over like in Cumberland Estates, if you know where that is. Is that off Middlebrook? Close. It's between Middlebrook and uh, Western Avenue. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of over there in that 
um, no man's land between Knoxville and Powell or Carnes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, lived super close to the Clinton Highway, like Walmart. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Did you grow up with mom and dad? Yeah. Um, siblings too? No siblings. I'm an only. I'm an only one man. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. That's why is that crazy? I don't know. I, I don't want to hate on only children, but I can usually see it from a mile away. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. There was no way I was going to end up a brat with my mom. There's really? no chance. Yeah, dude. My mom didn't take shit. Really? No, dude. Not at all. My uh, my parents got divorced when I was super young. So it was okay. like me and my mom for gotcha. a long time. What was she doing? She was, uh, well, when I was really young, she was like working at Food City in the deli and stuff like that. Um, And then got this job with a, with a lawyer and uh was like helping him being a receptionist and stuff cool and ended up uh she she started going back to school and uh now she works at knox county as like um i guess she like teaches teachers how to how to teach but she does it in alternative school setting so interesting yeah she's so she works for the school system works for the school system and she's an instructor yeah an instructor of sorts she doesn't like ever teach kids anymore there's right. no she she teaches teachers yeah teaches teachers how to teach kids that's cool yeah but she was working like a, a, a like an hourly you know job when you guys were growing up was it tough fuck yeah dude uh yeah she worked <laughs> i remember when i was like i don't know i guess my parents got divorced when i was like five or six they got divorced when i was six um and my dad was not a huge help at all really uh no i mean he just like he was in the beginning and then uh, moved to North Carolina. He moved to Charlotte, like yeah. back where he's from, yeah. and uh, just kind of like disappeared out of the picture. You didn't see him? Um, no, nah, not for a long time. Um, I've like since reconnected and and uh, like we've kind of talked about it and, um, you know, things are okay. He's not like a big part of my life or anything right. like that. But He's just a dude that you knew when you were six. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, dude, my mom's hard. <laughs> like she's really? yeah, you dude, she's to fucking be, man. hard, dude. I remember she worked uh two short a full time job, worked at night, um, and went to school. And then she like when she was almost done with school, was working that full time job still and was taking days off and working as a um as a substitute teacher in schools just to like get practice. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. Yeah, dude. Dude, your mom sounds like a boss. She is a badass. Man. Killed it. So she was working two jobs and going to school sometimes. Yeah. So what what were you doing at the time? Dude, you, video games? Okay. Uh, what do you You weren't what, getting what do you into trouble? <laughs> dude, we had we had buddies in high school that their moms worked at night and we were over at their house getting into all kinds of trouble after their mom went to work. Dude, dude. no no chance. Really? Yeah, there dude, the repercussions of that Oh, are that, you kidding that, me she's that hard well she's just like it's she was it you know it's like yeah. i didn't have like there wasn't like another parent to go run to or anything like that to right. like solve that like trouble problem right um i had to fucking deal with the blowback for yeah. months from that you know it's like yeah. it was just me and her in the house so and she's working her ass um, off the last thing she wants a little ungrateful kid running around causing her trouble sure but also like i didn't even think think about that but now that I, like now that i think about it as an adult it's like of course i wouldn't do that but right. when i was a kid i was like oh dude the internet's sick like this is cool <laughs> xbox live awesome okay. uh yeah so that's like, good that kept you out of trouble yeah mostly until yeah. you like looked at my report card oh really <laughs> yeah do you not not like the school thing that much dude school is just not my thing it was tough for me too yeah really tough it yeah. didn't start getting tough until high school but yeah 
It was uh, it was really rough road. You went to Carnes High School. Yeah, of all yeah. places. Yeah, it was. Um, I'll say that there was a day that people drove their tractors to to school. Yeah, there was like a yeah. day of the year. <laughs> yeah, set out uh, tractor day. Yeah, everybody, everybody gets on the tractor, brings their tractor to school. Yeah, bring so your tractor lots to of, school. Day. Lots of camo, lots of boots um, at school. Less than you would expect, but quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, quite a bit. It was. It was there. Oh, it was there. It was yeah. there, but but there was some refinement. I know. Mm. I know a bunch. I, I mean, there's some. There's some nice places out there. Some nice. Some nice neighborhoods. You get a little Farragut e. Oh, totally. Uh, out yeah. towards Carnes. It was so weird to me too, because like I came from Northwest Middle School, which uh, is yeah. like very like non monoculture. Like everybody comes from a different background. Really, like, kind of inner city. Yeah, I mean, you've got people coming from, um, like government housing over in that area, but you have some like middle-class families and some people that are like doing okay for themselves that run businesses in the area and stuff like that. And, yeah. um, different, different ethnic backgrounds too. That's like, great. All over the place. And then I like <laughs> get sent out to Carnes in high school and was like, Whoa, what is this place? You really? guys all go to the same church. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. I've never been to church before. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. My mom was working. She yeah. Dude, dude, take my ass to church. Uh, so yeah, that was a, that was an experience, man. Um, so yeah, I would say that a lot of that had to deal with like me playing video games in my house. All, Did you all do the time sports too. and all that or no? I played in the band. Oh, cool. Yeah, I played, oh, okay. uh, played in the high school marching band. That was fun. Was it? Yeah. What'd you play? I played tuba. Dude, you yeah. look like a tuba man. You look like you could you could carry one of those around. I some stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How heavy is a tuba? Oh, dude. um, They're... They're pretty heavy, like I guess forty five pounds or Dude. so, um, for like a concert tuba. But they're not trying to make them light because you're like sitting on a chair. So, so what if you're a marching band guy? Are they lighter? Oh no, no. <laughs> uh, they. Uh, we started out in when I was in high school. We started out with uh, sousaphones, which is probably what you think about when you think about like a uh, marching tuba. Okay. It's the one that like wraps around your body yeah. and has the big bell that goes over your head. Yeah. Um, concert tubas are on a stand. Concert tubas are not on a stand. They're just like a big. You know what a baritone is? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a big baritone that you just like set on the edge of your chair. Okay. Um, yeah, there wasn't like a standard. It wasn't like an upright bass or anything like that. It didn't gotcha. have like a thing that like reached the ground. But, but you were uh, but you were into the into making making art a little bit, making music. Yeah. Sounds like I mean to an were, extent. I feel sure. like everybody not everybody, but it seems like people kind of fall into the sports thing or the arts thing when they're when they're that age. And whether or not they, you know, continue in that in that vein or not um it, it seems like everybody kind of picks a lane that was like the weird school. thing about marching band though that really? was like it's like a sport and an art to an extent ah. that's kind of like it's a weird amalgamation of the two things because you're run you're literally running across a football field carrying a 45 pound <laughs> yeah tube. with a 45 pound tube on your shoulder like yeah. that's a sport dude yeah. uh but also having to like turn around and face the crowd and like make music yeah which is uh not an easy thing to do necessarily but yeah it's um and that's i've always kind of like danced that line i think especially even now too because like i mountain bike you yeah know? like i i work on set and like that's you know part of my brain but then i also like jumping off a of big stuff and well yeah i mean it's it's the it's the same thing that we talked about which is like you know, you've got, you're working both sides of your brain. You're working the art side and you're working the tech side. So, um, with Matt, with mountain biking though, that's, that seems like a big thing 
uh, when I think about you, I, I think about you as like a, a, a half biker, half gaffer. <laughs> I hope the I hope the bike part is on the bottom. Really? If there's yeah. If I'm like a chimera of some sort, but with a with a bike, like I hope I don't like have my legs and then the top part of a bicycle. You I hope you, it's the bike on the bottom. Yeah, like a centaur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've just yeah. got like handlebars on my legs yeah, for some reason. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> How did the bi- the biking thing start? Because from what I understand, we live in like one of the best places for mountain biking in the southeast. Yeah, man. Um, we are in the probably the best place in the southeast, aside from Western North Carolina, to live to like be an outdoor sportsman of really any kind, but right. specifically mountain biking. Right. It's um. We've put a lot of volunteer hours into into like building trail and 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 growing the stoke in the area and uh, AMBC, which I'm yeah. a proud member of. Cool. Have um, have spent a lot of money and volunteer hours on like making our trails nice and trying to get people to come here and yeah, and like the good. Bell Grant too. Yeah, that was a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, what, that, what was that? That like started. That was the seed that started Baker Creek. Okay. You know, all the you people, you hear people around town talking about Baker Creek oh, and yeah. stuff. Um, it's a cool park, man. Uh, it's really cool. But the Bell Grant was the like keystone of that project. Yeah. And, and uh, it was Bell Helmets, right? Yeah. Bell Helmets. They make, you know, motorcycle helmets, bicycle helmets, all the above. Yeah. And they said, hey, we're going to give $100,000 away to somebody. Com- I think it was two. I was think it, it was $200,000. Wow. Yeah. And uh, maybe it was one. I don't know. But um, yeah, they were basically like, hey, we have a grant to give away and uh, we want to give it to a city and they had some requirements. I think it was like the trail had to be built within a certain mileage, of like the downtown area gotcha. of the city. And um, so that precludes probably a lot of, a lot of marketplaces from being able to even have the real estate to do that. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, it. I think it was inclusive enough uh, that it didn't preclude like, everyone aside from us but it was you know it was definitely a stringent requirement and then um they basically opened it up to like a public vote i think hmm. uh and then you that's where you see like the downtown downhill like hashtag yeah. spray painted on random shop windows and stuff still yeah. because it, uh, they were trying to build a, a down a downhill mountain biking track right or yeah trail. yeah it's the it's devil's tracker. devil's racetrack is yeah. the double black diamond I, yeah. I say in quotations that we have uh in the uh in the baker creek bike park area well, why do you put it in quotations is it not would it be a would it be a double blue somewhere else or like no it wouldn't a be a blue bike? anywhere um yeah. it would definitely in in what in dupont it would be a single black in Pisgah, it would be a single black. Okay. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's just a flowy jump. It's a jump line basically now. Okay. I mean, it's it's not like a downhill trail to my standard because it's not like a hand cut single track, like kind of crazy thing. But it's, you know, it's jumpy. It's fun. It's it's a good it's a good spot. I remember when all the hype was happening for that grant. They got people who didn't give a shit about mountain biking in on that to, to go vote as much as they yeah, could. Yeah, man. I mean, when we when you shove a like hashtag down somebody's throat in the like inception years of Instagram for long yeah. enough, they're gonna go do something about it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> the car that was painted. Like, there's there's a yeah. car somewhere, a limousine, the, the or limousine something. that they yeah. drove to Bentonville, Arkansas, with like a whole crew of people. Really? Yeah. Well, Bentonville was like the the. I guess, um, example for all of this to an extent, 
because all the Walton money that's out there, yeah, they needed something to like draw employees to the Bentonville area to like work at Walmart corporate. So, so, so what they do? Outdoor recreation. I mean, that was like huh. one of the. They looked at. I mean, I would assume they looked at a city like Chattanooga that has done so much with outdoor recreation um, around and inside the city, and we're like, oh, let's cash in on that. Yeah, because you know Chattanooga's had several like large corporations move their headquarters there, and yeah. Um, so I mean, well, the gig internet was big for that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> shout out KUB, bring yeah. me good internet, please. Yeah, uh, EPB, that's who who did it there. Yep. The uh, yep. electric power board. God, I hope KUB talks to them. I hope, like, I hope there's some kind of partnership going on. I with think KUB there's fiber running down uh, Summit Hill. Yeah, that's is that why they cut some of Hill up and like uh, close it and stuff? I don't know. Uh, I think they were working on the roof of like the TVA building. Oh, okay, uh, I was gonna uh, say if there's if there was anywhere in Knoxville that would get fiber internet like first, it would be TVA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's probably why it runs right through there. Yeah, yeah. But dude, I yeah, I hope KUB talks to EPB. Yeah, because that it would out. be super cool if my internet worked like most of the time in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you could you could uh, send a, a an hour long video to somebody in five seconds. Ooh, wow, <laughs> the promise of the future. I know. So Bentonville, Arkansas, was the was the cookie cutter that that uh, for this outdoor recreation yeah, man. push so, that we were trying to get this Bell Grant money to go for. Yeah, Bentonville, like you know, like I said, the the Waltons are like a big staple down there yeah they, that's I, where the headquarters is right yeah walmart headquarters is there so they have a a pretty big like um foothold on the area so they invested a lot of money and built some um reasonable reasonably nice mountain bike trails out there um i've ridden them a couple times they're really fun it's they don't have the elevation that we do which we don't really have that much elevation here in the valley but um around us you know it's uh it's pretty significant like pisgah and you said dupont earlier yeah um, but even going like south of us too, like the Penhody Trail in northern Georgia or even northwest to Virginia, like there's a lot of like really good mountain biking in the area. The in town stuff, it's mountain biking and the trails are awesome for like a, you know, leave your doorstep kind of thing. But yeah. the um, this area kind of lends itself more to that lifestyle and that um, sport than the like Ozarks do. Yeah. But they've done a great job out there. And that was kind of like what. A and B C sort of looked too because it was like modern trail building with machines mm. that like made it a more efficient process and uh and was sustainable to an extent, you know. How long did it take the project to get done once we won that money as a city? Man, um I honestly don't know that I would be able to answer that question. I, I it think seems like it was, it was like pretty a, quick. Yeah, like a year maybe. And yeah. I mean, building trails not that hard, you know. Really, just cut the, down some trees and cut down some trees and like cut some really clean bench with some machines and stuff. The machine part makes it pretty straightforward. Yeah, and you just drive it through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some dude there. Those guys that drive the machines like down the side of a mountain and cut trails they go are way talented. Um, yeah, when they were doing Alcoa Highway right here and they cleared this whole side of a mountain in a day, I was like, that dude in that uh, uh, 40-ton piece of steel up there yeah. w- with a bucket on the front is a madman, <laughs> a maniac. Crazy. He's out of his mind. He either doesn't drink or he's drunk right now. I can't tell, but he's, <laughs> he's like, this dude's got some some dude. some, st- some reserve, baby. Some cojones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. They uh, I've seen many of um, videos of my buddies that are trail builders with like flipped over backhoes or like <sighs> some kind of, it's like, man, 
if only that rock didn't slide. <laughs> it's yeah. like, dude, you're on a vertical cliff. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, dude, those guys are nuts. But it's um, Knoxville's a great place to great place to be, dude. It sounds like you've been uh, that you've ridden your mountain bike a lot of different places, though. I try to, man. I try yeah. to. That's it, my like when I'm not working. Yeah, I try to like get out there and do that as much as possible. Have you heard of Paris Mountain? Uh, in South Carolina, no. in Greenville must not be that good of a Paris Mountain. Yeah, I haven't been like to a, Greenville actually. You haven't of all the places to miss. It's a big cycling town, but yeah. more like road stuff. Yep. Yeah, and there's you know they're at the foothills uh, right there. I mean Greenville, South Carolina is 45 minutes from Asheville, so it's got it's it's just a straight drop from yep. Asheville to Greenville, and there's you just take 26 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 cool, but I, I lived close to like a you know the the local mountain biking place, and I, I'd watch people ride down. I'm like you're out of your mind. Like, do, do you you're going straight downhill? Like I'm having trouble walking down this thing, <laughs> and you're bombing it on a mountain bike. It looks crazy, dude. Dude, I get that a lot when I ride out at Norris. There'll be like families taking a like nice Sunday hike or something, and yeah. you like come riding up this like really rocky, terrible trail because those trails have been washed out and just like really ridden in for so long that they're just like crazy rocking. They'd be like, wait, you rode your bike up this? Is it Loyston? Loyston? No, Norris has like, well, Loyston's another trail system out there, um, but it's super chill. Loyston is really fun. I rode there like, I think yesterday. Really? Yeah. Love that place. But Norris is like super gnarly. It's, um, it's probably my favorite place to ride in this area just cause like all of the trail is hand cut. And there's like tons of like weird loose rocks all over the place and everything's like off camber somehow. <laughs> like it's all just like flat turns and Yeah, that's sound, like, that sounds like you're looking for the hard stuff to me. I mean Have it's you not, outgrown the area as far fun. as your skill is concerned? Like it's you, just repetitive. I mean, it's not yeah. that I've I'm by far not the fastest person in the area. Like it's I'm and I will never be the fastest person yeah. in the area. That's uh but it's it's just like you, I, once you get to a certain point, it's like, oh, this is cool. I've ridden this same trail 30 times in the last like six months. I should, you know, seek something else out. Yeah. So that's what like leads me to kind of throwing a bike on the back of my car and driving it to other states. Yeah. You know, Mark Stover? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Have you yeah. guys ridden together before? We've not actually. Um, he just took a, took a big spill from what I understand. Dude. Yeah. I not know. Not too long ago. Um, that was I, uh, in Western North Carolina. Yeah, he lives up that way. Yeah, but I, just, I think he lives in Asheville. But he's like, um, I mean, he's good, right? And has been good for a long time, from what I understand. Yeah, from what I mean, I've I've just know of the guy like through Instagram. I've never met him or anything. Oh, really? Um, yeah, we I like we've connected a bunch of times through. He's Instagram. a grip. Yeah, exactly. He works in the same production industry and yeah. like does the same thing that I do to an extent. And. Yeah. Uh, rides mountain bikes but so we've definitely connected before but i've uh just never made it up there he's never made it down here kind of thing well once he heals up and hairs over you guys gotta yeah. gotta hang out i'll introduce you to him because he is a super sweet guy and he's also a talented grip so, perfect there. yeah <laughs> great i need more of those let's go let's yeah man for have, sure have you uh have you hurt yourself badly on a bike before oh yeah dude like, broken to the, bones no broken bones i don't know what i've never broken a like significant bone in my life Really? Um, yeah, I like broken my toe, uh, and uh, I like cracked my wrists and stuff like that. But like nothing like significant. Like really? I've never had to like cast up. Really? Yeah, for real, dude. You must really be good at mountain biking. That's not true. Um, <laughs> I'm just very careful because I know that I work for myself, and if I 
get hurt, then there's uh, no paycheck coming in. Yeah, so. dude. Nick Saban's <laughs> going to have you call an Affleck, man. You're going to have that animated goose following yeah. you around trying to pay you when you're not working. Yeah, sure. Insurance <laughs> is super reliable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to happen. I would think like, I, you know, I've got my uh, dual sport motorcycle deal and I don't ride it off the road that much. But dude, it would stand to reason to me that if you're, if your handlebars, looking at your handlebars, if that front brake hits something, it, it, that'd be game over, right? Like, Oh, that, I mean, the front brake is the least of your worries. If you're hitting your handlebar that far into the, <laughs> into the surface area of really? it, like, Oh yeah, dude, you're off the front of the bike, regardless of whether it grabs your front brake or not. Like, okay. I mean, you think about going down a hill at 30 miles an hour and then hitting a tree in the middle of your handlebars. It doesn't matter if you're on an enduro, like a, a dual sport bike, like yours or a, like Walmart bike, you're, you're off of it probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a, uh, your, your mass is going to continue some way. Yeah. Somewhere. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, going to keep, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's people talk about like motorcycle racing and all that. And they're like, Oh, you know, I quit doing it off road. I do it on the track now. And I'm like, well, isn't that even more dangerous? Cause you're going faster. And they're like, no, I mean, if you wreck on a, on a straightaway and go down and skid a really long ways, no big deal. It's the sudden stop. Yeah, right. <laughs> that that gets you. You're able to uh, able to say that when you're wearing leathers. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you're prepared for that big long slide, <laughs> right? It's when you hit the wall, that hurts. No, if you're going 120 doubt. miles an hour and sliding along. No big deal. You know, if you're prepared. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The same thing with trees. Trees don't move very far. No, they don't. Uh, <laughs> You're, you're not going to knock a tree down. I can't believe you hadn't had a terrible broken bone or collarbone. Don't or, stop. I just <laughs> you can't talk about this. I got to knock on some wood, man. Yeah. No, nah, this, this table's fake wood, oh, man. Shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Knocking the door in the corner. Yeah. So that's that's interesting, though, to 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 think that, uh, that this mountain biking thing has kind of become an identity of the town in the last, I don't know, five or 10 years in big part to AMBC. I feel like, oh, I feel like they're yeah. doing God's work when it comes to that. Oh dude. I mean, that's the thing is like a lot of the people that are moving to the area are, are moving here, especially in South Knoxville. If you look at how much South Knoxville itself has grown, that I would say is at least 75% in part to like all of the trail assets that are in the South Knox area. Now. Yeah. Because you see like-minded people moving to South Knoxville. Right. And you see all these people with like thousands of dollars strapped to the back of their car yeah. driving around in like a relatively nice car yeah. and going to businesses and buying houses and stuff like that. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, like mountain biking, is somewhat inaccessible just because of the cost. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like there's at a certain point, like you're not going to go to Walmart and buy a bike that is suitable to ride down certain trails. Right. That's just how it is. And, um, it is a bit of a like economic, um, inhibitor to, to the right. sport, but that does bring a lot of like expendable income to an area. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, yeah, the, you're bringing the kind of people that that can spend thirty five hundred bucks on a bike. Sure, exactly. Yeah. Th they'll also go out and have dinner at Sono. Right, totally, you know? dude. Sono time that has to be the best fucking investment anybody has made in South Knoxville. That building or, so the, or building restaurant there. Both, all yeah. the above. I don't know if they own it. I don't know who owns it, but whoever thought about that before those trails were like a thing mm -hmm. really nailed it yeah <laughs> because that is a spot baker creek is awesome yeah 
what's the pump track all about? What's that? What's that whole phenomenon? Well, it's a so the pump track is part of like the overall skills park, um, and that was like I guess that was built last year. It was oh. like finished in twenty twenty. So the skills park is that like is that like trials bike stuff? Um, you could think of it that way, but not so much. It's more of a skills park in that um, they are replicating trail features on a smaller, more accessible scale and also a repeatable um, mm. thing. So that, so you see like logs that are propped up mm-hmm. through that park right next to South Doyle. Yep. And that's like for people to hop up on their, on their bike and ride across it. And I don't, I think what you're talking about is actually like a kid's playground, uh. but, uh, <laughs> but there are definitely, there are definitely some like skinny log rides and stuff like that kind of, uh, strewn about next to the greenway. Okay. Um, so the skills, so the skills park is like, uh, it, it's like a, a workout place for your, for your, uh, mountain biking chops. Yeah, exactly. You know, okay. there's like rock gardens, there's jumps, there's, um, all kinds of different, like little trail features that you can hit again and again and again and again without gotcha. pedaling up to the top of the mountain work so you on can your like, technique exactly you can work yeah. on the technique before you like go and hit the trail and have to deploy it mm-hmm. exactly okay and that's kind of the same thing that's with cool the, dude that's another like that i didn't know about that but it, but that's a that's I, I feel like that's a necessary asset if you're gonna have a double black diamond oh know? it's huge you dude. need people to know know what they're doing or be able to work on it before they get their uh get their nerve up to go down Oh, the, the big yeah. boy. And it, I mean, it, it definitely keeps you from getting hurt to an extent. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're practicing all the time on those smaller features, you're like going to know what happened, like what you need to do when shit hits the fan on the trail. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, what about the pump track? What is that teaching you how to do? Oh man. Um, the pump track honestly like saved my sanity in 2020. Really? Uh, oh yeah. So that it got finished kind of the beginning of 2020 and then all like you know the pandemic thing uh happened <laughs> i don't know if you're you know you remember the mm, no, no it's not ringing a bell oh, okay well yeah. uh back in march yeah. um of 2020 <laughs> so almost a year and you know six or seven months ago nobody had anything um, to do except go to the pump track yeah you just you know showed up the pump track saw your like 10 best friends that you've made over really? the pandemic and uh you just rode your like bike until you couldn't anymore because it wears you out really fast really oh yeah so you think about this is it an um, endurance thing mm, is that it what it's building be. or is it building like your body mechanics to not have to pedal or to all just, the above okay yeah it can be it's building like yeah, it's building your endurance for that specific thing, right? Okay. Because there's a lot of places on the trail where you're like rolling through like little divots in the trail and stuff like that. And you can like use those to your advantage and gain speed without actually like pedaling, pedaling your bike. Huh. Yeah. It's a, uh, that was the one that honestly, like the beginning of 2020 is I made like leaps and bounds of progress in mountain biking because of the skills park. Really? Because of the pump track. Yeah. I was like, so pandemic started. I totally like stopped working <laughs> as everybody did for a couple of months. And then I ended up uh, buying a bike from Harper's and uh, bought a little dirt jumper and just took it out there like every morning. Is that different than a mountain bike? Um, To an extent. I mean, it's 26 inch wheels. It's more of like a mountain bike BMX bike kind of had a baby and uh it's kind of the in-between of those so it has a front shock on it but it's like a bmx bike because it's there's not like a seat high up to where you can sit on it to pedal um it's all just kind of like stand over and still geared 
No gears. No gears. Uh, single speed. Yeah. So, but you're not ratchet? really. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Free okay. coaster for sure. Okay. But no, like, uh, you're not going to go out and like climb a mountain on the, on the dirt jumper. Right. It's just not going to happen. I mean, you could, I've done it a couple of times. Is it's that what you use to stupid, practice at the skills park? Yeah, exactly. You're just you like don't need, pumping. You don't need any gears. You we just, don't need knobby tires, you know, ah. like on an asphalt track, you don't need knobby tires. It's yeah. actually kind of scary. So it's a good practice um, bike. It's a super good practice bike. The the BMX bike in in the cycling world uh, is kind of like referred to as the almighty teacher. Smaller mm. wheels, it's easier to like get the front end up. It's easier to wheelie. It's easier to like manual, you know? You can yeah. do all that kind of stuff and move it around a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. I remember uh, using BMX bikes and like uh, smaller bikes to kind of, you know, learn to ride a wheelie that was always uh that was always a way to go is just downsize a little bit oh totally and they're also a lot cheaper to break oh yeah yeah that's the nice sense. part you can just kind of like let go of it and not care all that much yeah well i i have the uh i've got the uh, giant iguana out there for my mountain bike it's got to be 20 years old dude and man i got on a, i got on a a modern mountain bike i think the other day with you uh uh it was on a shoot we were doing yeah. and i was like this seat has a shock on it, <laughs> dude. It's crazy. It's insane. <laughs> like, what, what? What? How? How does that happen? Like, I remember when when bikes with front shocks came out on them. You know, mountain bikes. Oh and yeah. It was, it was, because that wasn't what was that a thing in the eighties or nineties or whatever? I mean, I mean, no. I mountain bike. Even in the last, I mean, five years, dude. Things have like really changed. <laughs> um, from from a like technology standpoint and from like a geometry standpoint which is something a lot of people don't think about when they when they think about bicycles is like the way the the like tubes are put together changes the way the bike rides the tubes totally yeah oh, like the, you know oh, the, the frame, frame you know yeah if you if you have your your head tube at a specific degree angle oh, like God. it's going to ride a lot oh, different than if you have it at a different degree oh, angle oh my gosh so you're so we're nerding out on yeah, it now man. like it's it's totally like what what degree yeah is that 13 <laughs> it's uh it doesn't it doesn't help that i worked at a bike shop for a, a brief stint in, during the pandemic really and uh, yeah cuz everything stopped Oh, had, had to quit gaffing totally for a second stopped. because all the work stopped. Oh yeah, it just went Dude, away. We went dark for months uh, at Pop Fizz. We we went dark for months. I don't know how we did it. We didn't have to lay anybody off, and we just wow. all all started editing. Oh my god! I mean, yeah. What else are you gonna do? That's yeah. the only thing you can do. That's like we all started totally editing from home. Oh. Yeah, and people were shooting stuff on, on iPhones. Yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> hey, don't laugh at Final Cut, man. You learn it. You'll be good. You'll you'll be good in no time. You'll be a pro. Honestly, it's probably way way more straightforward than anything else I could well, possibly use. Apple made it, so you know they thought about you. Oh, they yeah. they engineered they reverse engineered it for how your they brain took works. All the members of the cult and they asked <laughs> what the best possible button you can press in this yeah. scenario would be. What button does my brain want to push right now? Okay, that's that's what right. we're gonna choose. That's did you work button. at Harper's? Yeah, I did. Okay, so Harper's Bike Shop is over there on, is that what it's called? Harper Schwinn? Harper, dude, it used to be Harper Schwinn. And I guess it actually still kind of is Harper Schwinn, but it's definitely Harper's Bike Shop. Yeah. So uh, my mom went to high school with Mick Harper. Oh, man. Yeah. I know Mick. You do? Yeah. And uh, so does she still own it? No, she doesn't. Um, I remember Mick when I used to go there. So when I worked at the mall, I would go there on lunch breaks uh, and just like- Hang out at the bike shop, be a rat. Oh, bike shop rat for sure. I would yeah. like 
sometimes pick up lunch uh other times just like uh drink a beer or two yeah and uh <laughs> and hang out at the bike shop for like my entire hour lunch break um but Mick was like, own, she was owner operator back then. But yeah. since then, my buddy Sean and uh, John have bought it from her. Okay, that was like the was that best a family business? Before yeah, that? yeah. So okay. Mick uh, was the daughter of the guy that started the bike shop. No way. So it yeah. had been there forever. Oh man, yeah. I guess uh, this this year Harper's was is six years old. 60 years 60 oh my gosh yeah so it just so were the guys that bought it were they employees before yeah they had both worked there for a long time really john that's that's how you draw it up man i love when that happens dude it's so cool i love it i love when when the company when the company doesn't just sell out to some guy from you know oh just some random yeah Yeah, just some random coming in town for a cash grab i love when when companies like that will especially ones that are fixtures in the community because because that bike shop was a obviously the place you went oh yeah they, it was a schwinn dealer yeah like, the only one i'm sure proximity laws didn't let another one be around right you know? other than well walmart when that happened but uh, okay <laughs> rip yeah that'll get yeah. you yeah when walmart started selling schwinn's and they were still at the bike shop that must have been a really uh, awkward time sounds like, like a good time to sell <laughs> yeah yeah did that those was, guys uh, buy it before the pandemic oh yeah much before the pandemic oh, i wow. guess they've they've owned it for i don't know the better part of how old am i 32? I don't know. Holy cow. Um, I probably like seven years now. Okay. I would say at least. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, but they, uh, Sean and John, I mean, John worked there. I think he started working there when he was 16. Unbelievable. Yeah. And God, now I love he's, this story. <laughs> dude, he grew up, it. grew up in Bearden and uh, like over off of uh, Nubbin Ridge or something yeah. like that. Probably and, like, rode his bike it? over to that yeah. shop to hang out or to exactly. work. Exactly. He, well, he rode that. He rode his bike to that shop to hang out with another guy, Ben Ramsbottom. And then John got a job at the bike shop. And so they were like homies and John has worked at that bike shop. I think ever since other aside from like a couple of stints away and now he owns it. That's so cool. (laughs) Which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is uh, next door to the best bar, not just in Knoxville, not Tennessee, not in America. It's the best bar in the world, Union Jacks is. Yeah. I'm telling you. I love that place. Yeah. It Have was, you been since the remodel? Oh, yeah. They it, Somehow they did not, Aaron did not knock the charm off of that yeah. place when, way they, better. when they redid it. It's way it better is than way it used better. to be. Yeah. When it was a smoky bar the size of this room, it was the best bar in the world. Yeah. And now it's like the best bar in the world in 2021. <laughs> yeah. W- it with, has character and it's better. Like, yes. how do they do it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Union Place is great too. Yeah, the place is awesome. I and Ian to, works there too, which is even better. Who's, who's that? Ian. He used to work at um, uh, Sutry's. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That dude. That guy. Yeah, Love Ian that that's guy. worked everywhere. Yeah, he's worked at like all the best bars in Knoxville. Yeah, I don't know his last name. I don't either. I really love I just him. know him from like being like, oh, Ian. Ian. Yeah. Uh, can I have this beer? Yeah. 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 Uh, Union Place is badass too. Uh, if you if you want to uh, ever watch some Thursday night football, that's my Thursday night football spot out on the patio. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good, good, good place. It's, it's got a great patio. It's all that building has been awful forever. It's not been able to make it as anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's changed hands so many times. And I hope Union Place is doing well. I think part of the problem is so chopped up. You know, there's so many different like there's this lounge area, and then oh, there's yeah. this little corner, and then there's the game room back here. They've made they've built they've made it all work. And then, you know, the Italian restaurant that was there before. like There, there was, was an some, Italian restaurant there before? Yeah. A good one, too, I think. It just couldn't make it. Yeah. But put a bar there. You got 
we did a bar crawl, me and my wife, on our last anniversary. We went Union Place, Toddy's, Brickyard. Okay. Steelhouse. Is it? Steelhouse? Steelhouse. Wait, yeah. is Toddy's the the backyard tavern? Back, backdoor tavern. Backdoor tavern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Why yeah, is it called Toddy's? The, the liquor store used to be downstairs. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always so confused about people saying, I'm going to go drink at Toddy's. Yeah. And I was like, you thought they were just going liquor to liquor store. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. The liquor store used to be downstairs before it opened on that little triangle oh. in front of Fisher Tire. A lot of conversations in my past make a lot more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you drinking in the parking lot? Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, I mean, Bearden's not the place I would choose to do that, but yeah, if you're going to go for it, Toddy's Backdoor Tavern and then became the Backdoor no Tavern. Do you remember when they closed? This was not the long back ago. Backdoor Tavern? Yeah. It went under. Wait. Yes. It went under and a bunch of the regulars. <laughs> Shut up. Average Joe's did. Shut Yeah, up. dude. And got it. It was closed for like a month, maybe. That's incredible. Yeah. I think I've been to that bar uh, like two or three times in my entire yeah. life. Yeah. Now you'll go but more. because I've got to go more now. Yeah. It's, that's so cool yeah, yeah. oh it, my god it, do, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that they've got just a bunch of attorneys that hang out there after work and right talk casework and why and is it that beers? attorneys always hang out in the seediest bars i don't know because it, that place is not like a stand-up establishment well, you introduce yourself to your future clients <laughs> yeah i guess so right oh gosh yeah. i love the dodgeball reference too by the did way. you like <laughs> yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh. Shane, man, I am like, I'm pumped that we got to do this. I'm glad to hang out with you. And I'm glad that we got to sit down and chat a little bit because yeah. I've gotten to know a lot more about you. And uh, I've been I've been uh, craving a little bit of that after working with you a little bit. So. Yeah, man. Here's to more. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm glad we laid it down on some tape. You'll have to come mountain bike with me sometime. You don't want that. No, come on. We'll get you, we'll get you a new, uh, a fresh new uh, modern mountain bike. You I'll can do it. anything. You feel Let's like Superman. It. Okay. Yeah. I, I, if I can ride that thing that I've got, I, I, I'd do all right on something new. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, dude. We'll get you on a bike. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing it. Dude, thanks for having me. Thank you guys for being here. Hope that was as good for you as it was for us. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to SOS on YouTube. We're trying to get our viewership up there. So, uh, so check that out at southofscruffy.com slash YouTube. Thanks again to the folks on Patreon, the patrons helping us out. And uh, thank you all for being here. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Until next week, Pitchwire. Play me out. <laughs>